1: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
2: They talk about things like community salvation or, or you know, oppressors and the oppressed and things like that. And there's no such real such thing as sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now it's saying, be careful. If you're, if you're in a per- persistent pattern of thinking and living this way,
0: Every chain of the past, you've broken into all the fear of the lies. We're singing the truth that nothing is impossible with you. Oh, is impossible.
1: Well, hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live Radio Broadcast with Keith Crosby. Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the broadcast. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, Pastor Keith continues with our series in the book of First John, a series entitled, That You May Know. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of First John, Chapter 1. Now, here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
2: And what we're going to do today, we're going to consider these aspects so that we can draw a conclusion about our baseline. We want to establish an initial baseline test so that we can have clarity and perhaps assurance of where we stand in light of eternity based on what God says to us through the pen of the Apostle John. We're probably only going to get through two of these points today. But we'll see how it goes. So first, let's consider the fact of the faith. The fact of the faith. And that's 1 John 1, 5, and 7. And I want you to look at what it says here. It says in 1 John 1, 5, this is the message. He keeps talking about the message, that which we have heard, seen and heard, this is what we proclaim to you. This is the message we heard from him, Jesus, and proclaim to you. So accept no substitutes, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Now in this epistle, there's going to be the contrast between good and evil, saved and lost, spiritual growth and spiritual regression, darkness and light, two kingdoms, two worlds, in opposition to one another. And what we see here is the character of God. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. This is the nature of God. There is no corruption in God. There is no impurity in God. There is no unholiness in God. And his children should be in his smitten image, shouldn't they? They should look like their father. And we see that in verse 7. If we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Salvation changes us to be like him. We go from being children of wrath, walking according to the course of this world, to being children of light, imitators of God, Paul writes in Ephesians, as dear children. Salvation changes us from the inside out and the change starts gradually with eternal life being granted us as we, are, as we become regenerate as, we be- as God justifies us as he saves us and we're changed and both implicit and explicit in our text today is the fact that we should be in the spirit and image of our father we should bear resemblance to him who begot us we should be like him that's why Peter writes in 1 uh, Peter 1.16, which is also quoting Leviticus 19.2, since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. We should be like God. What does that mean? We should be striving for holiness. Like God doesn't mean God. It doesn't mean that we are perfect but we are striving to be holy as he is holy. We are striving to walk in the light as he is in the light. We're striving to be like daddy. You know, this comes through also in, uh, in, the, in the gospel of John. John three twenty and 21. We read this. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. And does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So the message of the gospel is a light that shines in the darkness, as John says in his gospel. This is the message we see in our epistle today in 1 John 1, 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So, as his children, as Christ followers, as those twice born, born again, we should be walking in newness of life. We should be walking in the light characteristically. Salvation doesn't make us sinless, but it does enable us through the power of the holy spirit understanding and applying the word of god doing in him things that we could not do in our own strength to sin less and this is the whole baseline and today we live in a world that is pretty much i'm okay you're okay let's look the other way we you know we 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 just make constant exceptions for ourselves we have people who, who don't act in a godly way and yet they hold to the, the fact that they have believed something that hasn't transformed them. That's the whole Gnostic thing in a modern sense. Well, I believe. I believe in Jesus. Somebody said, believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. It's a little more complicated than that, right? I mean, what does it say in James? Even the demons believe and shudder. You know, it's the old saying that if the, if the knowledge hasn't traveled the 18 inches from your head to your heart, if your faith hasn't changed you, it probably hasn't saved you. Salvation comes through more than mental assent. And I can't tell the extent of your belief. No one can. It's between, you know, only God and you know for sure, maybe. Maybe you're deceived, maybe you're not. But we can tell there is a baseline behavior that would indicate that you're trying to walk in the light as he is in the light because your father is light and you are being, your mind should be renewed. You should not be conformed to this world, but you should be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we have this idea of a baseline. And from this baseline and the fact of the faith, we come to what I call the fallacy of the fallen. The fallacy of the fallen. And that's the whole idea that I just said a moment ago. I'm okay, you're okay. Let's look the other way. Let's not be, let's not be legalistic. Now, we don't want to be legalistic. Anybody know what legalism is? I had somebody tell me 15 years ago, well, pastor, we're not like you. We're not legalistic. And I was like, what did you say? And like, you know, you take the Bible seriously. I'm like, well, that's not legalistic. Legalistic is adding to God's word that which isn't there, like the Pharisees did, creating rules that cannot be found, derived, or distilled from God's word. Liberalism, not political liberalism, theological liberalism, antinomianism, libertinism is taking away from God's word both the legalist and the liberal don't have any confidence in God's word one has to add to it one wants to take away from it and the fallacy of the fallen is is that any attempt to hold oneself to a godly standard is legalism and that you know, we, people are proud today you'll hear, you'll hear people say well That's a non-essential, but what you start to realize is everything is a non-essential. And and so the fallacy of the fallen is, is that you can say that you believe and live however you want to. We see that today where a man can say he's a woman or a woman can say that she's a man and people... Take that seriously as if there's some credible possible reality of that kind of idiocy. First John has no place for this type of uh, live and let live uh, libertinism, I guess, antinomianism. And it says this in 1 John 1 6, 8, and 10. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. I want you to think about that, because there is a continuum here, and a call to caution. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, while we do bad things, we lie and do not practice the truth. There's cause for concern. Christians don't burn buildings. Christians don't riot. Christians don't act like the world. And then he goes on to say, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We live in a world who, who doesn't believe in sin. Even today, even in some of the dead and dying mainline denominations, they, they don't talk about personal salvation or personal sin. They talk about things like community salvation or, or you know, op- oppressors and the oppressed and things like that. And there's no such real such thing as sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, now it's saying be careful. If you're you're in a persistent pattern of thinking and living this way, you're probably not saved. You've gone beyond not just practicing the truth. You've talked yourself into a whole system of belief that is entirely inconsistent with Christianity. Then there's the group that just believes that once once you're saved, you're incapable of sin. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Once again, you fail to understand the gospel. And so here's this fallacy of the fallen. They find ways to excuse their sin. Today, we call sin a sickness. We find nice words for sin. We talk about addiction. A drunk is an alcoholic. The bottom line is you can't get to those places without persisting in a pattern of sin until you are imprisoned by what outwardly does appear to be a sickness but inwardly had to do with a heart condition that was awry all along. And so Jesus warns us in Matthew seven, eighteen through 20, A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. What's that saying? It's saying how we characteristically conduct ourselves. The things that we characteristically say, the way that we characteristically think, reveals who we are, how we are and where we stand in light of eternity. If we say we have fellowship with him and we walk and we persist in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You know, there are those who dabble in victimless crimes. They... They go online maybe and look at porn or they display the pride flag in their classrooms. And you can't do that. You can't persist in that kind of behavior because of the ramifications and the underpinnings of what that means. There are behaviors you cannot condone by your silence or encourage by your silence. You know a tree by the fruit it bears. The one that loves the Savior cannot do the things that are in opposition to the Savior. I remember a young woman who uh, left a church I was at and she went to a, a larger Bible teaching church and, you know, she insisted she was a Christian. She moved in with her boyfriend, she got pregnant, she had a baby, she posted. The picture's on Facebook with no shame in it. You could just see it never occurred to her or maybe even the church that she went to that there's a problem there. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. You have to be thoughtful. You have to be Careful. And we have to consider the ramifications of all these statements because we can deceive ourselves or we can try to deceive other people, but we cannot deceive God. And I say again if your faith hasn't produced some change in you, then maybe it hasn't saved you. You know, Psalm 1 talks about two paths talks about blessed is the one who doesn't stand in the path of the sinners, who doesn't walk in the way of the ungodly, who doesn't sit among the scoffers. And it really delineates that, you know, there are basically two teams in this world, two paths. And First John does the same thing. There's the path of light, and there's the path of darkness, And you really need to look into God's word to understand what path you're on. You really need to look at your heart, to look at your actions, to look at your attitudes, to look at your appetites, to look at your profession, to look at your witness. What does your life say about your devotion to Christ? What is it that you permit in your life that has no place in your life? you know a tree by the fruit it bears and there are certain things in certain places you just will not go in preparation for the upcoming uh, educational summit we're going to do this summer lord willing <clears throat> i spoke to a 36 year old high school principal outside of san jose And at her high school, uh, their district, uh, if if somebody ninth grade or above, if a little girl wants to get an abortion, they don't tell the parents, and they just provide her with the information, and they let her leave school and go get the abortion. But except that this principal is a Christian, and and so what she does instead is just the opposite, because she can't excuse herself. Well, I you know I work for this school district and this is their policy and I need to obey these rules. So what she does is she takes the student into her office and she says, "You know what? This is a beating heart right here. You you you, you don't you don't need to kill this baby. You should go talk to your parents. You should tell them what's going on because I can't endorse I cannot endorse you taking this life. You see, that's somebody walking in the light. They're not just following orders. They're following Christ. And this is tough stuff, but this is what John is calling us to. And it is, at both co- it is at once both comforting and fearful. It was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. This is Christianity. This is what kept, you know, they, they wiped out an entire Ro- Roman legion once called the Italian legion because they would not say, Caesar is Lord. They had converted to Christianity. And so, what is going on here is we're getting this very simple baseline before John drills down deep into further tests of life. And he's saying, Are you walking in the light or are you walking a little too much in darkness? Are you making allowances for things that you shouldn't? Are you pretending like you don't have sin? Are you looking the other way when you shouldn't? Don't make God into a liar. Be careful that the truth is not in you because this is the message that we have proclaimed, that God is light And in him there is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with him, we should be characteristically and habitually walking in the light. And what we all have to ask ourselves, regardless of where we are in our years as a Christian, is are we comfortable with our sin? Too comfortable in doing The occasional dark thing, or are we striving and struggling to walk in the light as He is in the light? Because these are questions and matters of eternal consequence and importance. Not just yours, but the people who watch you. When they see you, do they see Christ? They may see you sin, they may see you stumble. Do they see you strive to live a life of worship, not just with your lips, but with your life, to walk in the light? Or do they see you explain away your sin and make him out to be a liar? We'll stop here. I'm going to pray for us, and then we will partake of communion. Father, help us, O God, to look at this word Lord, implant it in our hearts and in our souls, Lord, that it would inform our thinking and our living. Lord, you have called us to change this world one soul at a time with the message of Jesus Christ. Let us not just be talkers, but doers, not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word, Father. Help us to walk the walk, and when people see us stumble and fall and sin, that we confess our sin. We apologize to them. We repent, Lord. Help us to see a brokenheartedness, Lord, not a casual attitude toward our sin that might indicate something deeper wrong within us. God, we know that you don't expect sinless perfection, but you do expect us to habitually and characteristically practice, strive to walk in the light as you, as your son is in the light so father we commit ourselves with our broken frames that are dust cracked vessels in the hands of an uncommon God who enables us to do uncommon things if we will cling to him, to his truth to his word empowered by his spirit that we received at salvation we pray these things in Jesus name Amen